All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. We're recording here uh, after work Wednesday, January 18th. Our days just keep getting jumbled around, but uh, it's kind of this Wednesday time has been kind of working out for us here, especially with no Thursday football. But uh, we got episode number 77. Uh, we got a few topics to take care of here. Uh, we're going to recap a little bit of the previous week, and then uh, we'll kind of get into our divisional week of the NFL playoffs. Uh, so before we get things started here, we'll say hello to the gentleman there. Uh, we'll start with Zach. Uh, Zach, how's, uh, how's the last little week been treating you? It's been good. I had a lot of fun this weekend uh, watching the football games. My wife was unfortunately uh, under the weather, so I got a, a lot of coach time and a lot of football time. So uh, I guess her loss was, in a sense, my gain. <laughs> Husband of the year there, Zach Attaboy. <laughs> Armin, how about you? Uh, what's the week been looking like? Oh, it's uh, it's been a week, you know. Uh, basketball. I had a little bit of a stomach bug myself, so yesterday I was not uh, not doing the greatest. So thankful that we're recording on the Wednesday night this uh, this week, because man, uh, yesterday it felt just awful. Felt all day like I was gonna either throw up or poop or something. I don't know. So. I got to mention this because I just thought of this and it made me laugh. Um, so was it last episode, Armin? You weren't feeling well, right? Yeah. And then the episode before that. So I got a text from one of my friends and she listens to the, the pod every week. And she goes, okay, now I'm putting the dots together. Armin didn't feel good this week. And he ate moldy bread the week before. Maybe we found out you can't eat moldy. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't even think of that. That is so funny. So I text there just like literally ha 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 ha. I just couldn't even put it out because I was like, there we go. Maybe that's why Armin's sick. He was crushing moldy bread. So <laughs> you got some residual uh, residual stomach bug there from the mold, Armin. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Just ripping apart my immune system and uh, leaving me out to dry. Our science experiment worked. Um, this last week's talking about, you know, science, but I had my own class this past week. So I was focusing the books big time with my number eight of 10 master's classes. So I'm seeing the, the horizon, which has been nice. Uh, this one's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, we're actually studying something that I'm pretty interested in. So that's good. But then uh, class is finished on Saturday at 3.30. So it was like literally class is finished, jumped in the truck, got home as quick as I could to start watching some football. And now we got treated to some football games. I can't remember a weekend of wildcard football that was as entertaining as as these games I had I had a lot of fun watching them kind of like what Zach had mentioned so um speaking of playoff football we had our charity bracket challenge kick off on at 3 30 on Saturday and we had a lot of contestants which has been really nice to see uh, obviously all that money going into charity uh, first place is taking home their choice of a signed jersey then we also have a nice care package from 22 fresh going to second place and third place is going to get a 306 fantasy football care package so uh, lots of contestants in there and so far we still have four perfect brackets and this one's kind of cool because all four have different teams winning the the championship if I'm not mistaken but uh, Joey Carrier uh, myself so we got two carriers in there still going at it and we also have Tim Stewart who is also in our charity uh, our charity league so Tim Stewart finding success as well in in the uh, bracket challenge and then we have Leaf Larson uh, as well so we have four teams that are still perfect we have lots of people that were near perfect five of six and then uh, several that four four of six and then a couple three of six so lots of people still in the mix here uh, it's pretty pretty neat to see how many people came in and the wide variety of different brackets we can get and we'll obviously keep you up to date with the different brackets as we progress throughout the week 
But uh, kickstarting things off here, we have our 22 fresh quick question of the week. And this is our divisional week. And uh, I always find this one fun because uh, obviously if you're paying attention to football right now, there's not a lot of fantasy to talk about. You might be looking deep dive into your 2023 draft classes. Maybe if you're a dynasty guy, uh, maybe you're just watching and doing a little DFS or a little prop bets. Or maybe uh, you're just watching the players and thinking, oh, I got to target those guys in the offseason. And, and that's kind of where we're going out with this question. So who is a player that, based on their performance during the wildcard weekend, has either risen or dropped for the next upcoming draft season? So maybe it's somebody you want to trade for in the offseason. Maybe it's somebody that you're kind of keeping your eyes on for those draft boards on like some sleeper picks. Or maybe it's some people that you're kind of wiping your hands off altogether. So we'll start this one off with Zach because I, I really like this one, Zach. I think this one is interesting depending on what the uh, the Giants end up doing this offseason. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, this fella here helped me in a big way uh, last or rather this past weekend with our fan duel lineup. But Isaiah Hodgins is somebody that has come on really strong as of late for the the Giants after coming over from Buffalo as, I believe, a free agent. I think he was waived midseason. And Isaiah is somebody that I could possibly see coming in next season uh, if the chips fall in the right way as the Giants' number one receiver. Um, this is assuming that they don't bring anybody in either through free agency or through the draft to supplant him. But the likes of Richie James Jr., Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, if he's still on that team uh, come September. Hey, don't forget and, Kenny Galladay, uh, okay? That's right. Kenny Galladay <laughs> does <laughs> exist. You're right. Uh, and Wondell Robinson. Uh, out of that list, not many of those names are uh, inspiring too much hope. Uh, with the exception of maybe Wandell Robinson, who's a rookie this year, but been on IR for most of the season. So Hodgins is somebody that Daniel Jones seems to like and is somebody that uh, could possibly be a top one or two receiver for that team going forward. Especially because I think they're going to bring back Daniel Jones. I think he played himself into a, even if it's a short-term contract, I think he got himself into a contract with the Giants. That's obviously depending on whether he, choose to leave or they franchise or whatever it looks like. But I definitely think they he's played well enough. And, and honestly, I don't think he could have had a better game against the uh, the Vikings. He, he played exceptional football. Uh, but we'll maybe talk about him a little bit more later on as we progress throughout the episode. But Armin, I, I like yours here because this is a guy that could be drafted second in, um, second in his position in, in drafts up this upcoming season and very young too. So if, if you're you know talking dynasties, might be a guy that – might be a little bit interested in going after, but I, I like this one a lot because uh, you he might be, in my eyes, he could be rated the second tight end uh, this upcoming, but you can get him as maybe a bit of a discount. So you want to talk about your player here, Armin? Yeah, my player is uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Herb Smith Jr. was back during that game, and he had a few plays thrown his way, but it was the TJ Hawkinson show um from the get-go and he he actually led the vikings in receiving yards because they were really keying in on jefferson and it it just goes to show how how good hawkinson is there's always been hype around him i didn't start buying into the hype until probably near the end of this season um he was always kind of up and down to me and wasn't consistent enough you know um and now this season he started having big gains and then on his uh, down games, they're not as as far down as they used to be, and 
Um, it's it's a good offense, a uh, good offensive system in in Minnesota. Um, just wish it was a different guy throwing him the ball. <laughs> there might be there. There still might be next year, and there's still hope for you. Um, mine is uh, mine could have been a riser and a faller in the same game. In the first half, I was like, oh my god, I just promoted this guy on the podcast and he absolutely dunked on me by throwing four interceptions, but then he turned it on in the second half and threw four TDs and 288 yards and uh, as well as a two point conversion. Uh, and that is Trevor Lawrence. I talked about him and possibly being a little bit of a, a sneaky pick coming down the stretch and drafts next year. Um, he also had one rush for eight yards, which was kind of nice to see that little bit of mobility. I'd like to see it more consistently because he's a guy that can, he's no, he's no hurts by any means. He's not going to be uh, rushing probably eight, nine times a game, but if he can get two or three, maybe even four rushes a game where he gets out of the pocket and gets, picks up those six, seven yard chunkers. Those are just nice additions to your, your fantasy line. But he looked, he looked, couldn't have looked worse in the first half and couldn't have looked better in the second half. And, um, Nice thing about Trevor Lawrence is he's still undefeated on Saturdays, never lost a football game on Saturdays his entire career, which is kind of a fun little stat line. Uh, he's a guy that I'm going to be targeting. And I, we, I know I talked about on the pod, I think two episodes ago or, or an episode, I can't remember exactly how long ago now, but that's a stack that I'll be really interested, whether it's him and Evan Ingram, whether it's him and Christian Kirk, whether it's him and Zay Jones, whether it's him and uh, names escaping me from Atlanta hasn't played in two years. Zachary, I know you got him on your dynasty rosters. Ridley. Ridley, Calvin. Whether it's him, Calvin Ridley. There'll be some sort of stack that I'm going to have on a lot of teams as Trevor Lawrence and insert name. It's a little bit more risky on those late round picks. Like I said, he's not the mobile quarterback you can be getting later in drafts like we did with Hurts this past year. But somebody that can step up in a big moment like that and have as huge of a second half as he did, that's a guy that I think could... You know, we've, we've seen the trajectory this entire second half of the season has been unreal, uh, especially with the emergence of uh, Doug Peterson as the head coach. And speaking of, that guy's got the biggest balls I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, that guy is unbelievable. Fourth and one, and you run an end around with your season on the line. Like, that was unbelievable. I was sitting on my couch. By the way, smashed the huge parlay on that game, so I was pretty pumped. But he hit that end around, and I was just like, there's no way that's happened. And I was – I saw him hand the ball off and I was like, there's no way, there's no way. And then they got that seal on the edge and I was like, Oh my God, he might score. He might score. And then ends up going down on, I don't know, what was it? The the 11 or the 15? I can't remember. And they kicked the field goal, but yeah, Doug Peterson, my God, good for you. That's uh, that guy's got balls of steel, but coming back to where I was going, Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> riser and a faller, <laughs> but riser nonetheless. Um, going into our weekly recap here, uh, studs and duds. Let's, uh, I know Armin, you mentioned this guy already. Well, let's, uh, we'll start with you. All right. Uh, my stud of the week is, uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, he, uh, he had two tutties and, uh, almost a hundred yards on the, on the game. Um, uh, and you know, he, uh, he's a guy that all season long hasn't been quite living up to the hype of last season. And then in the clutch, uh, playoff game, he, he shows up and he leads the Cowboys to victory. Uh, um, if you had him, especially in DFS, there he was pretty cheap, and he definitely helped seal seal a victory for me in uh, in our little competition here. Oh yeah, did he ever? Uh, Zach, your stud of the week. This guy, this guy could have went into that most previous uh, section there, a little QB controversy. But uh, let's hear your stud of the week. Yeah, Brock Purdy is uh, continuing to play beyond his years and beyond his experience. 
And uh, beyond his place on the depth chart up until a few weeks ago, uh, Brock Purdy this week, uh, 60% completion, 332 yards, three touchdowns, uh, only one sack. Uh, And I think the most impressive play of that game was a pretty short completion there, but it's the one that went for 74 yards uh, by Debo. Uh, Just kind of highlighting how well that offense works for him. Uh, When he plays within the system, he just hits the open receiver, lets them run with the ball, and they make the plays for him. So uh, not a physically gifted player or as physically gifted player as somebody like Hertz or even like Herbert or Mahomes, but uh, the perfect guy for that system. And he might take a few people's jobs uh, come next season. There was one play. uh, I can't remember exactly what quarter it was, but it was in – I can't remember if it was the red zone or if it was right around that area, but he went through his complete reads, scanned the whole field. Reads weren't there. Checked down on like a kind of like a, um, almost like a swing route to McCaffrey. Um, it started as a swing and maybe it was like, it came back to the ball on, on a check down, but it was like, you could tell he was going through his reads, goes completely scans the whole field, finds his check down. And then McCaffrey scampers in for a touchdown or he got tackled on the one. I can't remember exactly how the play ended up, but it was just that play stood out to me. It was like, that's a veteran play. Like you are playing for your playoff lives right now. They were in a ball game against Seattle. Like that was for the first half, at least. And it kind of game got carried away, but like he could have easily lost that game for San Francisco, but he stepped up to the plate. Like you said, he managed the game well and he was making really good decisions. And that play stood out to me big time. Like that's a veteran play. There's veteran quarterbacks in the NFL that can't make that decision. There's veteran quarterbacks in the NFL that don't scan the whole field and still decide to check the ball down for three yards when you're fourth and nine. But uh, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> we'll leave that one for Armin's uh, two cents, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Oh. On that one. He, uh, he, he had a great game. And I think that's, if he continues to manage the game well and make smart decisions, do not give the game away. I think the, the 49ers are in a good position to make a very deep run. Uh, my set of the week and once again, kind of a tale of two different halves because in the first half, Gabe Davis's involvement was very minimal. Um, and he stepped up big time in the second half. Uh, I think he had a big play towards the end of the first half, but then lar- large involvement in the entire second half. And he was a guy that was thinking, man, like, what is happening with Gabe Davis? He's kind of had an up and down season, boomer bust kind of guy. Obviously, we've seen the production he had last year in the playoffs. And I was thinking, like, there is so much involvement from these scrubby wide receivers. Like, they literally picked up. Uh, a wide receiver that retired last year picked him up two weeks ago and he's getting more involvement than Gabe Davis right now like this is mind-boggling and very frustrating and then he steps up to the plate for six receptions 113 yards and a touchdown and I was like oh well there's Gabe Davis there's that boomer bust I was talking about and uh, and he was he kind of he did very well for me in my DFS lineups which was nice to see because uh, we'll get to that segment here shortly, but for a large portion of my team uh, underperformed. But Gabe Davis stepped up to the plate and had himself a very nice second half and uh, hopefully looking to build off that this upcoming week because uh, they're going to need all weapons go because that offense looked not ideal and uh, you're going to be going against a very solid Cincinnati team. Uh, so I think they're going to have to get that offense polished up in a, in a hurry. So Gabe Davis is going to have to continue that, uh, you know, that trajectory and giving a deep option for uh, for Josh Allen. Now, going into our next segment here, uh, we're going to go into our playoff pickums. And before we get there, uh, if you're going to want to pick anything, you're going to want to pick this promo code 306FFB15 uh, when you go to 22fresh.com. 
Uh, I've always been a big fan of 22 Fresh. Uh, love their love their um, love their stuff. Love how comfy it is. Like how it looks. And I just you know as I'm at school, I'm noticing there's so many kids that wear 22 Fresh. Like it's just become so popular. Um, obviously, like I said, it looks good. It feels good. It's uh, comfortable wear. Uh, so if you're on their line, if you're on there and shopping, actually I had a friend message me and sent me the promo code and they were on the discount section um, on like the, whatever it's called, the outlet sale. And then they used the promo code on top of that. They had their sweats on sale for five bucks and then you can use the promo code on top of that. So getting yourself some, some nice 22 fresh gear at a nice reasonable price uh, with the addition of a 306 FFB 15 promo code. So check out 22fresh.com or get involved in some of our charity opportunities because we got lots of uh, lots of gear to give away to our listeners. So thank you very much, 22fresh, for being our major sponsor of the 2022 NFL season. Playoff pickums. Um, I think we did pretty good last week. Um, I actually, so far, I know on the pod, I we talked about LA versus uh, Jacksonville, and I said LA, and then I pivoted after the podcast, made my bracket Jacksonville and smashed six for six. So doing pretty good on that fashion. We'll see if we can get some four for fours. Uh, this week on some of our playoff matchups. So the first one we got is Kansas City is playing their first playoff game. Obviously, they had the bye week last week, and they're going to be taking on the comfort behind Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and this one, uh, we'll start with Zach. Zach, uh, where are you going with uh, this one? You taking KC or are you taking the upset? Going to go with the uh, the home team, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, while I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to throw four interceptions again in the first half, um the Chiefs are not the same as the Chargers and I believe the Chiefs will make you pay dearly for any mistakes that you make and I'm not sure if the Jaguars are going to be able to play a perfect football game that will be required to beat the Chiefs Armin where are you going with this one you know I'm sticking with uh with the Chiefs I said them before and um as nice as it would be as great of a story as it would be for Jacksonville to to win and I'm probably more cheering for Jacksonville in this game um I just think that that Chiefs firepower will be too much for that defense to handle and they just don't quite have the same firepower to keep up in a in a track meet with Casey as uh as some other teams in in the AFC do I'm uh I'm gonna go bracket buster here I'm going Jacksonville and uh, for a few reasons, like there's no, like if there is obvious reasons, then Casey wouldn't be the clear favorites on the betting lines, but uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville for the upset for a few things. A team that can be that explosive in a second half of football, they're going to be able to put up points. Even if this is a track meet, Jacksonville can put up points. They clearly couldn't do it in the first half, but their ability to put up 30 points or what was it? 24 points in the second half. While all teams trying to prevent defense against you, that team can put up points. But Jacksonville's defense is very, very good, but they are young. So that can work in one of two ways. The inexperience can bite them in the ass and they can panic and Casey can squash them. Or that young inexperience can just go out, play football and don't know any better. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for in this Jacksonville lineup. That defense is fun. They're explosive and they're good. And I'm hoping they just go out there, play ball against a good team and, uh, you know, crazier things have happened. With a good offense, a good defense, young team with, you know, just kind of go out there and play mindset. And uh, a team that's their trajectories continue to go up during the right time of the season. That's how some of these upsets can happen. And uh, I'm going to put my money on Jacksonville on this one and, and hope for, hope for uh, you know, like a kind of a, a huge upset and a bracket buster. Um, 
Buffalo, Cincinnati. So we got the one, two, three, four here in the entire AFC. Uh, we got Buffalo two hosting Cincinnati three. Uh, and we got a bit of, once again, we got uh, uh, two of the same and one different. And maybe we'll start with uh, Armand on this one. Armand, you going Cincy, you going Buff. All right. I'm going with the Bengals for this one. Um, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills may have the better record. They may have a little bit better on paper, but um, I think I trust the Bengals better in that clutch moment, in those clutch moments over Buffalo. And that's that's why I'm picking Cincinnati is, is Joe Burrow in that clutch moment, game on the line, he's going to make the right decision like nine out of ten times, whereas Josh Allen, you can't trust him quite as much. And, and same goes for the defenses, right? Um, the Cincinnati defense is just a little bit more clutch than that that Buffalo defense, I think, in my mind. And um, so that's why I'm going Bengals. And Zach, where are you going? I'm going to go with my Super Bowl pick from the preseason, as well as my Super Bowl pick from uh, just a few weeks ago, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think the last couple of weeks have been an absolute roller coaster for the Bills. Uh coming out of the DeMar Hamlin injury game. Um, and I think they still may have been a little bit not themselves uh, against the Dolphins. Came out to a pretty big lead initially, and they may have made the mistake of letting their foot off the gas a little bit. So I'm hoping that uh, for my sake and my bracket's sake, that the Bills play their brand of football and they are able to uh, outpace the the Bengals. So I'm going Cincy. That's my Super Bowl pick. Uh, I, you know, I assume this matchup would happen, whereas Buffalo versus Cincinnati, and uh, and I'm going Cincy. But I think it's a sense, kind of a little combination what Armour is going with, and I think it also goes to combination what Zach had said. But I think it's going to be a continuation of that. Even before the Demar Hamlin thing uh, incident, there, the Buffalo offense has looked pretty sloppy down the stretch. Uh, Josh Allen's been turning the ball over like crazy, making poor decisions. We've seen Stephon Diggs almost put up a goose egg uh, down the stretch in those last couple of weeks. Um, so it's just, it's it's not an offense that's clicking. And it's almost a tale of two different stories. I'm very pro Jacksonville right now because they're they're coming together at the right time. And I'm anti-Buffalo right now because it just they their offense hasn't looked great to me down the second half of the NFL season. Though defense can get things done. They can turn the ball over but really so can Cincinnati. And, and right now I'm going to give it to the offense that can be super explosive and can be consistent like Cincinnati, even though they didn't necessarily do that against Baltimore, but that team, the matchup between Baltimore and Cincinnati has always been a slugfest. It hasn't, it hasn't been a shootout. Um, I just can't, I can't see Cincinnati losing to Buffalo if they're going to be as sloppy as they have been in the past. Um, that game was significantly closer than it needed to be against Miami. And that was against a quarterback that was making drastic, drastic mistakes, mishits, overthrows. Uh, Skylar Thompson looked pretty poor and uh, Joe Burrow will be able to capitalize on some of those, some of those mistakes where Skylar Thompson was unable to. So uh, I do think this is going to be a fun ball game. I do think it's going to be a high scoring ball game, but I, I'm going to give the edge to uh, Cincinnati. Uh, going to the NFC here, once again, we've got the number one team coming off their bye week, and we've got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on divisional rivals, the New York Giants. Uh, and this one, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, where are we going? We'll start with Zach on this one. Where are we going, Philadelphia or are we going Giants? I am looking for just a complete and utter domination, I think, 
uh, by the Eagles against the Giants. I think the Giants played uh, almost as well as they could have against the Vikings. And let's not get it twisted here. Uh, the Eagles and the Vikings are two uh, different caliber of teams. Uh, it should be a fun game, I think. But I'm I'm thinking that the Eagles should win quite easily. How Arvin, dare you uh, say that about my Vikings? <laughs> Arvin, where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going with uh, with Zach. I'm sticking with the Eagles for this one. Um, I was pretty confident the Vikings would not lose to the Giants because I didn't think the Giants were very good. Um, and yeah, Philly is a better team than the the Vikings. I'll admit that. Uh, so, uh, you know, if the Giants end up winning this, you gotta say Dable is a is a mastermind. He's some kind of coaching guru, magician. I don't know, but uh, yeah, go uh, go Giants. See if you can uh, take out the the kings of the NFC this year. But woof, the uh, the New York Giants have not won in Philadelphia since this or since. Uh, sorry, October twenty seventh of twenty thirteen. So if that tells you anything, if you're uh if you're a betting man, maybe you're gonna bet with history here. But um, I think Zach said it well. I don't see the Giants playing any more perfect than they did against the Vikings. That was it. Could have been a more perfect game for them. They played so well. Offense was clicking. Defense played well. Um, and that game in twenty thirteen, the final score was uh fifteen to seven. And that's gonna be up to the score if the Giants want to win. I'm going Philadelphia here. Even though this would be a fun game, this is going to be a fun upset if it does happen. I just can't see Philadelphia losing to the Giants. Um, they're going to have to play as near of a perfect game against them as they would have to uh, like they did against the Vikings. I just can't see them. Daniel Jones playing two perfect games in a row because if he did that, uh, we wouldn't be talking about if Daniel Jones is re-signing or not because you'd already have a nice little contract. So <laughs> I'm going Philadelphia on this one, but I do think this is going to be a fun ball game. And our last one of the evening uh last one of the divisional setup here we got the number two san francisco uh taking on the number five dallas cowboys and talking about a near perfect game here uh shy of the kicker fiasco dallas played a perfect game against tampa bay um they might i know if zach or armand uh i'll i'll play i'll place the football you guys kick it dallas might sign us here so let's get up there <laughs> in the snow and, and start practicing because my goodness that was i've never seen it i saw a tweet and i laughed so hard it was, I've never seen a team make winning look so bad or make, make winning look so difficult because how do you go four, one of five on PATs? I don't know. That's something different, but uh, where are we going on this one here? We'll start, uh, Zach, are you taking Dallas? Are you taking San Francisco? Got to go with uh, San Fran. I, uh, watching them play on Saturday, um, very impressive. So going to go with the 49ers. Armand, are you uh, staying status quo or are you going a little contrarian? I'm staying status quo with this one. I think this one could be a, the makings of a fun game. But, uh, yeah, both teams are good offensively and defensively. It's just San Fran is just a cut above in all aspects over Dallas. So you, you got to take San Fran. I'm taking San Fran as well. Um, I, I think, Armand, you said it best there. This this could be a real fun game, but uh... – this is the best we've seen Dak Prescott play in probably three years. Like he played unbelievable. He's usually due for two ridiculous interceptions a game. Uh, and that might be something we see against a stout San Francisco defense. Uh, but Dak is going to have to play as perfect as he did this last one. If we want to see any sort of competition in San Francisco, but I'm going with you guys, San Francisco as well. Uh, continuing on here, we got our DFS, our last segment of the episode. 
And if you were like us, this really sucked. Uh, sorry for us promoting on FanDuel if you uh, ended up following our footsteps. But FanDuel had a little bit of a, a technical malfunction and their DFSs that were submitted for the Saturday lineup or Saturday-Sunday combo, if you're doing those as well, uh, they ended up being uh, cancelled and then the money was returned. And if you put one in, I think most people got a $5 uh, free free entry for an upcoming uh, DFS lineup if so but so sorry about that but this made it kind of confusing for us and difficult because we couldn't follow our own matchups because it was well we knew this he had this guy he played well but this guy played bad how many did he play worse than my guy we there's no way of kind of keeping track of it throughout the weekend like we normally would but uh, Zach was a was a generous soul here and actually calculated all the the points for us which was really nice of him I was also really nice of him to put my name dead last so thanks for doing that <laughs> uh, we knew Armin had smashed us his lineup uh, was unbelievable putting up 130 points and then uh, Zach got second with 112 and I was last with 108 so we told you Armand is the uh, you know the king of DFS this year and and he showed us because he uh, he put up a whopping 130 points this week so looking to build off that like we said the loser of these brackets or the loser of this DFS sorry is going to be spinning the wager wheel at the end of the season so Armand off to a commanding lead to avoiding that wheel and and I'm dragging my ass here in last place so hopefully to bounce back here in the divisional matchup. So Armin, as the, uh, as the winner of last week, do you want to start us off with your quarterback of the week? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I ended up uh, spending a little bit more money this week, changing my strategy up. And I went Jalen hurts for $9,000. I wanted the dual threat uh, quarterback and I didn't trust uh, the cheaper one in Daniel Jones in this, uh, this divisional matchup. Yeah, I think you're uh, perking up some ears there because, uh, Zach, you want to tell us your quarterback? I went with the cheaper of the two quarterbacks there in that matchup, and I went with Daniel Jones. Uh, I based my entire lineup around this decision. Uh, Jones had two TDs through the air, and he had 78 yards on the ground. Um, I think that right there, that rushing uh, bonus that he offers – uh, is something that I think he's going to, I don't know, make up for any inefficiencies that he might have as a passer. Yeah, rushing quarterbacks are king. You you say it all the time. Um, so this one I kind of flip-flopped back and forth, and it was between the exact two names I talked about last week. And it was Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. And I like Joe Burrow and I like Trevor Lawrence because I have them both projected to win, and they're both guys that have weapons and air the ball lots. Joe Mixon has had a very up and down season, but the consistency is not the word to use for Joe Mixon's because Joe Burrow has been throwing the ball a ton. And Trevor Lawrence, you saw what he's capable of in just a second half of football, uh, four, four touchdowns and 288 rushing yards or receiving yards. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, uh, take the $400 discount. And I took Trevor Lawrence at $7,600 in that matchup against KC. This may seem like a bit of a head scratcher, but I have the Jaguars at least competing with, uh, with Casey and I also have them beating Casey. So Trevor Lawrence is going to get it done because it's not going to happen on the ground with ETN running backs. This one, uh, we see a little bit of commonality between a couple of us here, but Armin start us off here. Who's your two backs you got in your starting lineup. All right. So I shelled out for QB and uh, my one ride receiver there. So I had to go a little bit cheaper on the RB side and I went with Jarek McKinnon, who was on a heater at the end of the season. And hopefully he continues that heater going into the playoffs here as the check down artist for the chiefs at $7,000, which I think good is a pretty good deal considering the, the ceiling he has um, especially at the end of the season there. 
And then I went with the bargain of James Cook at $5,800. Just one touchdown from him. Um, He's showing that he is more of the guy in the passing game situations. And with Cincinnati and Buffalo hopefully going toe-to-toe all game long, um, we shouldn't see Buffalo running the ball a whole ton, and we should see James Cook in the passing game a little bit more. Oh, there's going to be a good battle between you and Zach here. Zach, uh, who you uh, you want to talk about your running backs here as you and Armin kind of have a similar but different mindset? Yeah, so for the the one, my starter, I guess my stud in my lineup, I went with CMC. Uh, cost me quite a bit, uh, 9200 but I was able to afford that with the discount I took on Jones earlier at quarterback. Um, I think McCaffrey is unquestionably the most talented uh, running back left in the playoffs and seeing what he did last or this weekend um, I'm expecting to see some of that again against Dallas and then my second running back I went with the Morris talented running back in Buffalo uh, (laughs) Devin Singletary uh, and that uh, the extra talent only cost me an extra hundred dollars he's at 5900 we saw last game against the Dolphins that even when the Bills were up, they chose to pass. And I think that got them into some trouble. Hopefully they realize the error of their ways and they go to the ground a little bit more. And that is the, or that is to the benefit of Singletary. No way. It's a Bill's MO. They're passing all game long. <laughs> He's uh. this is literally the one of you are going to succeed in this. I'd be really funny if neither of you do. And like, the ghost of Zach Moss, all of a sudden somebody else steps up to the plate and Naeem Hines has a huge, Naeem Hines, yeah. ridiculous, you know, like I would have a good chuckle and help me out in a big way at least. So um, I went with Armand on the Jarek McKinnon. Uh, actually, I took two guys from KC, Jarek McKinnon being one, and then I have uh, another one I'll talk about my flex. There are two of the guys that have become the most involved in the offense in Kansas City. Uh, we've seen Travis Kelsey kind of take a backseat a little bit, almost more as a decoy uh, in the last, down the stretch for that Kansas City offense. Uh, so I like Jeremy McKinnon's involvement here. There's talks that Clyde Ozerler might be coming off the IR and to something to monitor. I I mean, we've seen what they think of Clyde Ozerler this season, and I can't imagine it comes off the IR and all of a sudden they give him a massive workload. So uh, Jerick McKinnon, I like him. And I also like uh, Miles Sanders at $7,200. It's a very run-first offense. And uh, when they get into the red zone, uh, Miles Sanders has done some awesome work this season. So uh, I'm going to jump on Miles Sanders at 7,200 and go on a team that likes to rush the ball. So Miles Sanders, 7,200 on my lineup. Um, going into wide receivers there, Armin, you want to talk about yours? Yeah, you betcha. Um, so my first wide receiver, I decided to continue the Philly stack and went A.J. Brown at $8,300. And uh, I, I like him in in this. He's going to be wanting to win this game. He's a, he's a competitor with a lot of fire. Um, next one, I went with Juju Smith-Schuster from KC for $6,600, which I thought was not a bad deal for the um, kind of the wide receiver one for KC, even though uh, they do spread the ball around a lot. Uh, Juju could end up having a big game and, and 6,600 seems like a pretty good deal. And then my uh, cheaper guy, the bargain bin hunting that I did for wide receiver was Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati for $5,600. Um, a bit of a risk there, um, but his his range of outcomes is from like putting up next to nothing to 
putting up like a Jamar Chase level performance. He he's a boomer bust kind of guy and uh just hoping in, in the playoffs where they're trying to take away the big threats that Tyler Boyd ends up sneaking in and, and getting some big points. He's a sneaky guy that I always kind of consider throwing in for like as a dart throw in my DFS lineups just because it's always like, oh man, Kate, good. Joe Burrow threw a touchdown. Who got it? Oh, great. Tyler Boyd. And it's like, I've done that more than one, more than two, twice, more than three times this season. So sneaky guy that can get find himself in the, uh, into the end zone there. Yeah. Uh, Kate, continuing on here. We'll go, uh, we'll go Zach's uh, wide receivers. And once again, a battle between you and Armand on uh, same teams, different players. We'll see uh, We'll see who steps up the plate here. Uh, Zach, who's your three wide receivers? All right, my three wide receivers. Uh, I guess we'll just go to the one that you mentioned. Uh, I took Devonta Smith, uh, $7,200. Uh, while I do agree with Armand that A.J. Brown is probably the more physically gifted, uh, I don't think... Smith is that or considerably less talented than Brown. Uh, and at the price difference, 83 to 72, uh, I took Smith, who's been quite hot lately, uh, or rather quite hot before uh, Hertz went to the sidelines and uh, Mr. Mustache guy there went in. <laughs> uh, and my, my two other receivers are guys that I think uh, I certainly paid up for a little bit, but hopefully they pay off for me. Uh, Jamar Chase had a huge game for the Bengals, and he's at 85. And then C.D. Lamb had a bit of a disappointing game on Monday uh, for the Cowboys, but I think he he's one that I that hope, hopefully will bounce back, and I could see him uh, having a pretty big game, close to double-digit double receptions, Uh 80, 90, 100 yards and a touchdown isn't out of the question, and he is 7,800. Well, we're going to trifecta, so if Cincinnati scores a touchdown, we're all three going to be glued to the TV because we got Tyler Boyd, we got Jamar Chase, and I'm going back to the well with T. Higgins. Uh, in this one, T. Higgins got a nice little discount sitting at $7,000, uh, so he's kind of right slapped out in the middle between, Jay, between Chase and Boyd, kind of what you would imagine, uh, but T. Higgins has that upside much the same as Chase does comparison to Boyd, in my opinion. Uh, so I wanted a piece of that offense. So I'm jumping on the, the Higgins bandwagon. Uh, I also went with Zach with Devonta Smith at 7,200. And uh, mine was more thoughts of, you know, he's a possession wide receiver. So I'm hoping he can PPR and uh, yak it up. While Miles Sanders might be able to go to bat with the uh, rushing touchdowns. AJ Brown is kind of the big play, big touchdown kind of uh, receiver. So I didn't want to, put him in the lineup and have Miles Sanders on somebody who I'm hoping to capitalize on some touchdowns. So I like the little combination between Devonta Smith and Miles Sanders in there. And then I went with my big, big wide receiver, my starting wide receiver of the week. I went with uh, Stefan Diggs at 8,200. He had a really nice week this past week. And I did mention that I think this game is going to go back and forth and Stefan Diggs is uh, a primary target. And I think he's going to have some big PPR action and some big plays. And uh, hopefully if, you know, they score any touchdowns in that game, they're going to go Stephon Diggs' way. Now, I like how we all uh, take uh, Cincinnati receivers, and none of us took Joe Burrow. Not, hey, I, I at least said I was considering him, but I want to play stack here. So I'll talk about you know, stack. There's no Jacksonville wide receivers in there, so I can only foreshadow where I'm going with my tight end position. But uh, Armin, <laughs> your tight end of the week. 
All right, I'm continuing a stack. I'm uh, going to Dallas Goddard when he was healthy uh, at the beginning and midseason there before his injury. Um, he was forcing Devontae Smith to take a little bit of a backseat there. So um, I am going with him, and he's only $6,300, which um, can compared to the top end tight ends is pretty cheap but looking at you guys i'm uh i'm the big spender on tight end this week compared to you guys which is kind of funny because like he's not an expensive tight end at all in the no. grand scheme of things we all went no, like uh i think kelsey was like what eight grand or something and so was kittle it was wild yeah it was uh, it was expensive one and i don't think there's been a time where we've uh where we've all gone bargain hunting but uh zach let's hear yours uh, I mentioned earlier that Daniel Jones was, in a sense, the centerpiece of this lineup. Uh, so here is where I start stacking skill players around him. I took the tight end for the Giants, Daniel Bellinger, uh, who is a real bargain at 4,900. Um, somebody that hasn't had huge games, but he's somebody that just this past week scored a touchdown. So uh, looking for just a cheap little touchdown again would be gravy for Daniel Bellinger. Uh, that was a name I really considered in that one, but I wanted the stack. And actually, it's kind of funny. All three of us went tight end quarterback stack. And, and I went Evan Ingram. He dunked last week, which was a, you know, kind of a, a plus matchup against the Chargers. And he's been a guy that they've relied on heavily uh, down the stretch. And going against, you know, another offense or sorry, against another defense, Kansas City, that is a plus matchup for tight ends. And they are number 10 uh, in the NFL for points given up to the tight end position. And that's a nice little plus because I have Lawrence. I want the stack and it's going to go to a guy that they've relied on down the stretch. You know, big plays, Evan Ingram, PPR. I, I think there's a lot of positivity that we can go with Evan Ingram. Um, I do like taking the big names. Kelsey just hasn't been producing much. Kittle had a couple big weeks down the stretch, but last week kind of got phased out in that offense. Uh, so, you know, hit and miss. So I'm going to go to a guy that I think has a solid floor and, uh, and a high ceiling, which sounds kind of funny to say Evan Ingram, but that's uh, Evan Ingram, $6,000. <laughs> you know, the, um, the tight ends went off last week, and I, I noticed that looking at all the stats and when we were doing stud there, I was looking and I was like, there's like three or four tight ends who could be studs and not many RBs or wide receivers. It was uh, Hawkinson, Knox. Uh, we had all uh, yours was Schultz. Mine was Ingram. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, like it was just tight end, like so many touchdowns to the tight end position. Yeah. I think even uh, what's his name there from Chargers? I think he had a touchdown too. Uh, Everett, I think he had. Yeah, Everett went off. I think he had over 100 yards too. Uh, like he... tight, tight end uh, wasn't Fant, but it was the other one in Seattle. He had a touchdown. That was a Parkinson. Yeah, Parkinson. Yeah, it was, it was tight end week. But uh, flex time, Armin, who do you got? All right. Uh, I was able to spend up a little bit more on my flex. Uh, saved a little bit of money with Tyler Boyd and James Cook there. And I'm going back to the well that I did last week with Debo Samuel and hoping he can reproduce again and uh, keep it going because he's still a little bit cheaper, a bit more expensive than he was last week, but they still have him um, cheap on these DFS lineups right now for, for who the guy is. Put a little respect on his name, FanDuel. Come on. He had a great week. It's nice to see him bounce back a little bit too. Yeah. Um, Zach, where did you go with your flex? I went with a household name, uh, Richie James Jr. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> podcast we do. 
uh, wide receiver for the New York Giants, uh, spending big on the starting three receivers and the and one of my running backs. I needed a discount, and I found one in Richie James, and he completes the stack with Daniel Jones and Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, you. It's hard to believe that you have the Giants losing this one based on your lineup, Zach. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be like a shootout, and uh, I just hope that uh, Daniel Jones can spread the ball around and in an attempt to keep up. <laughs> I, uh, I I mentioned that I went KC with this pick just when I was talking about my uh, my McKinnon pick, and I went with Kadarius Tony. He's a guy that's been pretty interesting in this offense. There's no wide receiver that steps up and has big games. And he's one of the cheaper options. So it's kind of like a you know revolving door. But Kadarius Tony's involvement is uh, is interesting. And against Jacksonville in week 10, he put up 15 fantasy points, uh, had a decent week, four reception, 57 yards and a touchdown. Then he also got a little sprinkle in the rushing game, uh, 33 rushing yards as well. So uh, I think this is going to be an interesting play. It's not, by no stretch of the imagination a slam dunk. That's why he's as cheap as he is sitting there at uh, $5,800. But I think as a, in an offense that's going to have to move the ball and they're going to game plan around, you know, Travis Kelsey and some of the, you know, the more consistent options, finding Kadir's Tony might get a little bit of involvement through the, not only the rushing game, but also some of those little uh, check downs and, and quick, quick hitters that you can get some yak yards. So I'm hoping that maybe Kadir's Tony can ch- sneak something in there for me as uh, he's had a, a decent little stretch with, uh, with Casey as he's coming back from injury. Finally, you know, I, I really liked that one when I saw it, I, I almost picked him myself and I just didn't have the guts to do what you did, Jordan. And, you know, uh, he, he is a guy that like, you talk about the the Chiefs replacing Tyree Kill, maybe not this year during the playoffs, but next year he could be that that guy, right? Because he had a lot of comps to Tyree Kill, just like Waddle did coming out of the draft. He's uh, he's kind of sneaky. I'm I'm pretty interested in him next year for the draft, and he's actually one of the top guys I'm looking at possibly pursuing in the offseason in Dynasty because I think depending on what happens, obviously during the playoffs here, if he pops off, it's not going to happen. But if he continues just a slow upward trajectory, then he's a guy that I'm going to be pretty interested in. But like, uh, like you said, if he, if he pops off here and, and blows up DFS lineups, then you, you, you ain't picking him up. Mm-hmm. So trying to get Gabe Davis in the off season last year. It was a lot mm-hmm. harder than one would expect. So uh, wrapping things up here with our last uh, position, we've got our DST. Armand, uh, where are you going? All right, so I ended up having a little bit more money for my defense than I thought I would, and I ended up going with the Chiefs for this one. Um, You know, when it comes to how many good offenses there are in this week, it's really tough to actually pick a defense that might actually do well. So I ended up, I picked the Chiefs because they're going against a younger offense than some of the other teams, a, a offense that is a little less, less, uh, um, polished and a little less uh, forged in the fires of of the playoffs, as one would say. So I'm hoping they can uh, they can come up with a few opportunistic plays and and be a, a defense. And just my two bargain bin hunting guys that I got allowed me to kind of have my pick of the defenses. Besides San Fran, I just didn't have enough money for San Fran. There you go. Uh, Zach, uh, one, one could guess on who you took as your DST. <laughs> sure, it probably populates 75% of your starting lineup here, but where'd you, where'd you go with your DST? Yeah, I, uh, I had no money left. And uh, 
in the wise words of Carrie Underwood, uh, Jesus, take the wheel. We're going with the Giants here. Uh, they're the only defense that I could afford. Um, I thought about going with Darius Slayton at flex and saving a few extra, couple extra hundred bucks to maybe get a possibly better matchup there uh, than the Giants. But even getting a discount there, I couldn't get a better defense. So going with the Giants, um, hopefully hurts first game back, maybe a little bit rusty, maybe fumbles a ball. I don't know. Just uh, can't have the Eagles scoring 50 points here. That's what we're hoping for. Watch that 15-7 game with a pick six and Zach's absolutely giggling with the Giants as the DST of the week. Like That's how people win DSTs and it's sickening, but it's going to happen. Like I can just, well, 15-7 is not going to be good for the rest of your team there, Zach. So I, maybe, maybe <laughs> <open around. laughs> we'll this see. was, this was basically like the, uh, the Jackie Moon scene from semi-pro where he's like, we had a laundry machine. They needed a laundry machine. <laughs> The Giants had a defense. I needed a defense. It was just a uh, match made in, made oh, in heaven. That's an underrated movie. I, right when you said that Jackie Moon scene, I pictured him like laying in the in the garbage can eating like moldy pancakes. <laughs> but you get a stomachache like Armin. So <laughs> we'll the other scene. Um, my defense, I went with the Bengals. Uh, I'm just capitalizing or hopefully capitalizing on sloppy offense play like the Bills had. They had the second most turnovers next to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who threw four of them in the first half. But Buffalo gave the ball up a ton, and the Bengals have a, you know, they're a plus plus defense, and hoping that uh, they can, can capitalize on some of that sloppy play from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills from this past week in, in this matchup. And they were pretty, pretty cheap in a sense. They were $3,400. I think they were like one of the lower end, obviously not giant slow, but they were one of the lower end ones uh, on the DSTs. And, and against, you know, Buffalo, they can put up tons of points, but they can also give up pick sixes, which is very helpful, obviously, for your DST. Um, I guess that kind of does it for us here and with our, you know, the divisional matchup here. Uh, but anything else to uh, throw in here, fellas, before we wrap this one up, uh, episode number 77? No. Uh, let's uh, let's take down the Giants. Let's go. I'm all in against the Giants now. After seeing Zach's lineup, yeah, oh Philly. I need a I need a bounce back here. So, um, that's gonna do it for episode number 77. Uh, stay tuned. We got some fun things coming down the pipe here uh, involving our Super Bowl watch party. That's gonna be a fun one. If you attended last year or if you you know got to see it on socials and thought, oh man, that'd be awesome. Well, stay tuned. We're gonna have some more information for that coming up. Uh, we got uh, two football games Saturday, two football games Sunday. So have some fun watching football. Get in there on the old sports investing or the DFS lineups and, and have a little fun with us. If not, uh, just kick back, put those feet up, and watch some uh, playoff football. So have fun, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to episode number 77. Stay tuned for our next episode next week. And uh, take care, and let's talk soon. <laughs>